Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, you sweet little girl. Well, I remember years ago, I would tell my wife, my goal was to come down and check out Fire Church. I didn't think my first time would be like this, so praise God. Uh, I just want to thank Alex and Jess and Lee for having us. It's been good. Love the real, the family culture that you guys have. And what's amazing is we're all the way up, we're the most northern fire church campus. And when you go from campus to campus, you see this real kingdom culture in every campus. Even though we're so far apart, being unified around Jesus in spirit and in truth. Amen. Shout out to everyone watching online, family. Fire Church Rocky, uh, voted by me as the best Fire Church campus. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, what was your name again? Sorry, you got healed for that hernia. Don. Cool. I love looking at faith because the Bible says that the just live by faith. And all of us sitting here, if we've given our life to God, if we've surrendered it, then we've been justified. And we're just in the eyes of Lord. And because of that, we now live by faith, not by sight, not by man's opinion. And I love how he said, six months, he's been walking around with this pain, but he's believing God's going to heal him. And despite his circumstance, every day, waking up in pain, continuing to believe God for the healing. And that's what faith is. I think we overcomplicate faith. You know, in Hebrews 11... Not one miracle is mentioned when it's describing faith and the patriarchs that live by faith. It always describes them believing God over their environment, believing God over their circumstances and continuing to believe until they see. It's not about us seeing until we believe. That's not faith. I wasn't meant to go this way so early, but it just stirred me up. I just love hearing and seeing the simplicity of faith in Jesus just lived out. And it's because of that that it shows we believe. And then from that, these signs will follow them that believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm joined here with my wife, Cassie. We got four kids. We have Noah. He's our oldest boy. Ella is down here. Layla and Leland. Uh, And so keep an eye out for Leland if he puts his hand up during the salvation time. Uh, We'll get him born again. But what I really want to touch on today, something that's been uh, burning in me, and I didn't want to come up here and speak about anything that I haven't been through myself. When we planted this church, last year was the hardest year we have ever been through in our lives. We both lost our job. Uh, because of the reason Don couldn't go to the hospital. <laughs> but we both lost our jobs and, and out of that started the birthing of Fire Church Rockhampton. And if, if God says start a church, then it's going to require faith to believe Him for it despite what you're seeing. Because often we'll think if God's called you to something, all the ducks are going to be in a row, every door's going to be open, and it's just going to be easy. You're going to be walking on water. 
Uh, that's not the case. We had a car repossessed, our seven-seater car for our tribe of kids. Everywhere we went, we had to go in two cars. We had to borrow a car off my parents just to get anywhere separately. We had debt collecting company chasing us. We had to sell our house, sold my boat. We had to sell, sell, sell all that we had. But we're believing God for greater things than what we're going through. We were in that house for two years. When we sold the house, we were, we were settled. We had an acre block. Every child had their own bedroom. We had a massive bedroom. And we sold our house two years later, half renovated. We had walls ripped out. If anyone wants to try plastering, don't waste your time. It's not as easy as it looks. The vinyl flooring was ripped where we had removed walls. We sold it for a hundred grand more than what we bought it for. We got out of debt. All the companies that were chasing us, we've paid off every loan and now we're debt free. We're ready to start again, but from the kingdom up. Amen. But it's not easy. We didn't just fall asleep thinking God's got this. You know, in the Psalms, David, David models faith in his Psalms because he's saying, my enemies surround me. Everyone wants to take me out. What he's saying is he's highlighting that what he's going through, he is terrified of and freaking out. But he never finishes without saying, but God is my salvation. He doesn't say one day God will be because by faith, he's calling it now despite his circumstances. And that's exactly what we were going through. Thank you, God, that although everything is being taken away from us, that you've called us to this and we're believing you for it despite what we're going through. Exactly like Don, believe in God despite the pain. We had groceries randomly rock up at our door. People giving us money just randomly. We had to find money in our account. And God was forcing us into a place where we had to rely on Him. Because I had good jobs, I never had to put my faith in God for provision. I could believe in Him for miracles, for signs, for wonders, but never for provision because I could do it on my own. But I found myself in a place where I'm having to believe God for something that I'm not seeing and that I now don't have the ability to provide for my family. Does that make sense? Is that talking to anyone here? Has anyone been in that place? And then I think as fathers and men, we carry that burden. But then we need to come to a place where we're going to give that burden onto God, believe Him for better things and keep moving forward. Amen. In John 6, 33, Jesus says, In me you have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So us as born again believers are actually meant to walk in this peace continually despite the tribulations of the world that we're living in because we're in it, but we're not of it. You know, God, God operates by faith. He spoke things into existence before He saw it. And so when we partner with faith, we're partnering with the operation that God operates through. Does that make sense? Sometimes I say things and it only makes sense to me. But, but we're, called, we're meant to be the most powerful army on the planet. Pastor Dan says it all the time. We're a family, but we're an army. And if we're meant to be walking in His peace, then what does it look like? You know, in Hebrews 3, 
it says that the children of Israel could not enter God's rest because of an evil heart of unbelief. It says that they were disobedient and they didn't believe God. So they weren't walking in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. I didn't understand faith before I was born again, before I had encountered God who is faith. But then when I find that I'm made in His image and if He walks in faith and operates from faith, then I should be too. Amen? All right, let's go to Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 2, because I can be up here and share my opinion but I'd rather just share what God says about it Himself. Amen? Amen. All right. It says, therefore, since a promise. So the therefore is about Hebrews 3 that I said before, not entering faith, uh, not entering rest because of unbelief and disobedience. So therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, Let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. He's talking to people in the new covenant. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word, everyone say the word, which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Everyone say faith. In those who heard it. So we can see in this These two verses in this chapter, two things. Rest in God is a two-step program. It's word and faith. It says that they heard the word. So they heard the same delivering provisional power that God has, but they didn't seek it out by faith. So first I want to look at the word. What is the word? Because we've all heard the word, but He's talking about Israel in the old covenant. We've heard a a better word and then we've also seen the word become flesh. So we should be in an easier position to apply the word for our lives because we've seen it lived out through Jesus. And God says, my word will not return to me void. And Jesus come out and did everything that he set out to accomplish and then returned to God, didn't he? And so Israel couldn't believe the word that they had heard for better things despite wandering around in the wilderness. And if you're in the wilderness today, I'm going to believe God for breakthrough in that area. And this is going to navigate the path for you out of it so that you can enter God's rest now. Because we have been in the wilderness ourselves. And I'm not preaching anything that I haven't walked through. I never will. Because there's no grace in it. And I want to impart grace and faith to the hearers that if I can do it, you can do it. Amen? All right. So we're going to look at the Word now. Let's go to Hebrews 4, chapter verse 12. Not as excited for this one. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Yeah. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? Amen. All right, so rest begins with us being 
in the Word. We need to know the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Everything that we do should be through the lens of this Word. Who believes that with me? I heard one person say yes. Does everyone else? It's able to divide the thoughts and intents of the heart. It will, it will filter out any false motives, false mindsets, any unbelief, any pride, any arrogance. And so it begins to renew our mind and transform us because it divides the soul from the spirit. If you divide the joint from the marrow perfectly down the middle, all right? Let's pretend there's a big square cube here. Half's red, half's black. The way the word divides it perfectly is if it was to cut down that cube, there'd be no black on the red and no red on the black. There'd be no contamination from one thing to the other. So when it divides your soul from your spirit, because now that our spirit's alive and united with the, the spirit of God, it's actually going to separate our soulish mind, will and emotional thinking so that our spirit can then begin to operate through us and it's not contaminated by a soul that's not yet renewed. Does that make sense? So we're continually in the word being transformed from it so that our soul then lines up with our spirit and they both walk in unison together. That's why we live by the spirit and we don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh because all our lusts of the flesh come from our soul, our mind, our will and our emotions. And if we just fast, fast and pray, if you want to be broken free from any habitual sin in your life, go into a time of fasting and you're going you're gonna to soon realise that not everything's deliverance. Some things is just you being obedient to God because despite being hungry to seek after God, your flesh is pulling at you to eat food and there's no supernatural deliverance from that because you're then having to choose, I'm going to continue to fast, I'm going to continue to press into God, even if my flesh is pulling me towards eating food. Does that make sense? And so if you have a habitual sin in your life, for me it was rooted in selfishness, but if I feel my flesh pulling me this way, then I need to be obedient to the Word of God that says, this isn't my portion now as a child of God, that this is my inheritance in Him. And then I'm choosing this over that, even though my flesh is pulling me that way. My spirit's alive. My mind's being renewed by this, even though it's not there yet and it's still pulling me here. I'm living out of my spirit. I'm not fulfilling the lust of my flesh and I'm believing God despite my environment. Amen? Amen. On Sunday at Warrigal, I preached on being set free from fear. And I shared testimonies how I had been set free from fear myself. And we saw many people delivered from fear, imparted strength and boldness to keep going. You know what happened to me on Monday? Fear tried to come back in. And that's not a time for me to question God. It's not a time for me to say, God, why are you allowing this when we just saw this? happened the day before. We just saw so many people set free from it. And I'm not saying 
did I open a door? Did something they have come on me? Because I don't see that in this. I see that Jesus walked around emboldened by the kingdom and everything else would flee from him. Anything that wasn't of God would flee from him. So when I see that in there, I'm believing it by faith. And when this thing flushes over me, I went through a David time. I shared it with Peter and Lee and Cass. I'm like, something's just trying to get back in. Let's come against it. We prayed, we believed in faith and it broke off because it's not my inheritance and I'm believing the word over it. And we're going to continue to see people set free from fear. And we're believing that today because me and the devil seem to be having a little tit for tat with this fear thing. <laughs> you, know, you know, one of the functioning jobs of the Holy Spirit, he's not just in us so that power can flow through us, although that's important and that's great and we love to operate in power. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will remind you of the things that I have told you. So if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we feel like God's not talking to us, it's because the Holy Spirit's not here to bring His own words. He's actually here to bring a remembrance of the things that Jesus taught. Where do we see what Jesus taught? In there. So when we, when we are reading that and renewing our mind, the Holy Spirit will bring it to life when we're in these situations. He will remind us of the things that Jesus spoke and that Jesus went through so that when we are going through it, we can bring every thought captive and submit it to the obedience of Christ that we've seen in His Word. Amen? So we need to be reading the Word in the Word so that Holy Spirit has something to remind us of. We need to equip Him with the tools to help us grow in godliness. Does that make sense? The biggest deficit I've noticed, there's two. The first thing in the church is that we don't read the Word. We just read how powerful and living and alive it is and we disarm ourselves of our powerful weapon. We're not in the Word. The second thing is that we can read the Word but not believe it. Instead, we're reading the Word through the lens of life instead of, instead of looking at life through the lens of the Word. Does that make sense? Me and Lee yesterday, we went, up to, we went to pick up some young fella to take him to Ignite Gippsland. We walked to the front door. There's a toy bat black bat with a nail through its head on the door. That was our welcome. We open up the door. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, our brother boy ripped a billy <laughs> in the lounge room before we left. I don't see Jesus ever walking into a place and praying for God that nothing that's in there would come on him. I see Jesus walking into a place and what's in Him comes out of Him into that area. Amen? So if we're not in this Word and we've disarmed ourselves, when we do walk into that place, it's not from a place of faith. It's actually from a place of fear. And when we're in there, we're not conscious of God in us getting out of us. We're conscious of what's around us getting in us. And then we've actually positioned ourselves 
force something to be in it. It's not that God's allowed it. It's actually that we've disarmed ourselves. In boxing, if you drop your guard, you're going to get hit. So we can walk into that place with our guard down and then cop a hit if we're not walking in faith and believing word over our environment. Amen? All right. I'm getting pretty excited. Jesus models living by faith. So faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope's not crossing your fingers and you're closing your eyes and doing this. I hope this happens. That word hope actually translates to trust, like an expectation. So it is the substance, it's the physical thing of what I've been trusting God for with an expectation heart. It is the evidence of the thing that I haven't yet seen. And God modeled that in creation. He hadn't seen the world, but he spoke into it. And then his belief become his substance. His evidence become what he hadn't seen. And so Jesus models this. Jesus only said what he heard the Father say, and he only did what he saw the Father do. I don't believe he walked around and went up to someone. Wait to hear, wait to see, then do. It was through a continual relationship of knowing God that if God was here, this is what he would say. If God was here, this is what he would do. So that's what I'm going to do as his ambassador, as God on the earth. And then isn't Christ in all of us through the Holy Spirit? that brings remembrance, the word that he has spoken, so that everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to only say what we hear the Father saying and do what we saw the Father do. In Luke 8, Jesus says to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. He's going to the other side of the water. This was my, this was my chapter during COVID because They didn't know what the journey was ahead of them, but God had said, you're going to the other side. So Jesus' faith allowed him to sleep through the storm because it doesn't matter what the journey's like. If God's called them to the other side, Jesus knows through his relationship with God that his word doesn't return void. And if he's called me to the other side, I'm gonna be there. It doesn't matter what the journey is. So Jesus actually applied faith to the word that he had heard. Does that make sense? And so that's why he corrected his disciples' lack of faith, their lack of the ability to believe God for something they haven't seen, the lack of the ability for wanting the evidence before seeing it. Does that make sense? So we need to be in a place where if God's called us to something, that it doesn't matter what the journey is, it doesn't matter how many debt collecting companies are after you, it doesn't matter how much you have to sell your boat, Take, get your car taken off, you travel around in two five-seater bombs for <laughs> forever long. We're believing God for the destination, not for the journey. Amen? Let's give God a clap. I don't know. This is important because if we're ever gonna enter God's rest... We have to believe this word above what we're going through. We have to believe it first and then we're going to see it. I've prayed for so many people that haven't been healed. The next time I open this book, it says, 
lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So until I start seeing it, I'm going to keep believing it. And I can pray for five people that all need knee surgery that don't get healed. And a six comes along, I've still been commissioned to pray because he still says, lay hands on the sick. There's this family in our church, and I've got permission to share this testimony. Dan, can you stand up? Dan just got water baptised three weeks ago now. He's down at Ignite Gippsland. He wants to see revival break out in Gippsland as well as take it back. Uh, You're welcome to keep standing if you want or sit down. You're pretty good to look at. I had a call on Monday night. Not just gone, it was a while ago. It was a Monday night. Dan's brother was in hospital. I went up with the family. We all prayed for him. Prayed for his healing. An hour later, he had a heart attack and he died. I hate talking about this stuff because this isn't meant to be our reality. We're meant to keep pressing in and believing God through fasting and praying and growing. A month later, I did his funeral. The family, believing for him to rise, believing God despite what they're seeing. Their whole family modelling faith then having to bury the one that they were believing God to raise, but then turns the funeral into a church service as an opportunity to glorify God. We saw people saved, we saw people healed, we saw people set free. And it's all because this family chose to believe God despite what they were seeing. And then they all rocked up for Dan's water baptism. None of them questioning God and saying, why didn't you do this? They're all believing God for His Word. That's what faith looks like. Because if we allow a place of unbelief to come in, we're not going to have rest there. That's why our theology that we apply faith to must come from this. Because if we're going to read the Word through our lens of life and apply faith to that, there's not actually going to be rest because it doesn't line up with God's Word. So that's why you can pray for the sick, not see them recover, Go to pray for someone else. Come up with your own doctrine that doesn't line up with Jesus. And then you're not going to have rest in that place because you've actually chosen to be disobedient to what the Word's saying and you've allowed circumstance to change what God has said in His Word. Does that make sense? Our son Leland, God said, have another child. It was the hardest pregnancy we went through. God confirmed His Word first. We don't just hear it and then go for it. Uh, God confirms His Word first. <laughs> I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean go for it in the sense, yeah. <laughs> Should we just turn me off and I'll just... <laughs> but God had said, have another child. The word was confirmed through uh, baby furniture given, being given back to us. The same brand that we had, and we used to just give stuff away. Still do, but just don't have anything to give away. <laughs> the same brand that we gave away, given back to us, but in the colour that Cassie wanted. But through that, it was the hardest pregnancy that Cass has ever been through. Because there is a bird out there in the parable of the sower called the devil. And he's not, after, he's not after the soil 
He's not after where the word's sown. He's after the seed of the word that's implanted in us. And if we're going to continue to apply faith to it, it's actually going to cultivate in us a soil that will be, uh, that'll be able to house that seed and see it bring forth fruit that remains. Amen? Leland's heart rate during the, the, the birth time, it went from 130 down to 60. We were up for like 24 hours. I hadn't slept, so I was asleep on the couch. Mum wakes me up. She said, we need to pray. His heart rate's dropping down to 60. They wanted to do an emergency birth. I walked over to Cass and I said, what's going on? She said, his heart rate's dropping, but it's okay because God said to have another child. And so she's believing the Word of God despite what the heart rate monitor's saying, despite what the doctor's saying, and despite what the midwives are saying. She's believing God over that because He's called us to have another child. His Word doesn't return void. It doesn't matter about the journey. If He said, have another child, then we're going to have another child. Amen? Amen? And here He is. I went through this beautiful moment after where I was just nursing Him in our lounge room. I was just rocking back and forth. I'm thanking God for my son. Thank you, God, uh, that you called us to this. And it was like this light bulb of heaven went off. And as I said, the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. I'm not comparing him to Jesus, but the spoken Word of God that we hadn't seen yet, the evidence of things not seen that we had hoped for, we were holding despite the journey. Do we have a... A keyboardist or pianist? And if God's called you to something today, then I'm believing God that you're going to see it through. And it may not be an easy journey. It may not be sunshine and rainbows. But if God's called you to something, then He's going to let it come through because His Word does not return void unless we allow doubt and unbelief to come in. And if you're in a place of unrest, then we need to be back in the Word and believe in God, just like Don, believe in God despite what we're going through. But the thing with faith is like Pastor Lee said before, Faith is something that's of God. So if we want to operate in faith, it comes from us first knowing God. And eight years ago, my wife and I had an encounter with God that completely changed our lives. If you looked at us eight years ago, you would not think that we'd be in Melbourne at a six night revival weekend or week, traveling five days just to be here. I was full of selfish ambition. We had, she was my girlfriend at the time. We had two kids at home, the two oldest kids. And I'd be choosing my own affections. I'd be choosing the lust of the flesh over my family. I'd be choosing my social life in the nightclubs and partying over my family. And I couldn't be a father until I had known the perfect father. Although I have a great dad at home who really showed me the love of God but I couldn't operate in something that I hadn't received through a spirit. Does that make sense? And so with every head bowed right now, I wanna create time because without Jesus, there's no chance of you even coming close to rest. Rest begins with having a relationship with God and it's the best thing that my wife and I have ever done. He completely set us free. 
If it wasn't for God showing up when He did, those two kids, that we'd probably have three kids. We definitely wouldn't have Leland and we probably wouldn't even be together. That's something that we've both sat down and said, if it wasn't for God showing up, who knows where we'd be. But God's not just interested in you getting to heaven one day. He wants heaven to get into you right now today so that He can impart faith to you. He can impart love to you. And He wants to put a kingdom inside of you so that you can operate in a realm that you've never seen before. But it all comes from us saying yes to Jesus. So I wanna invite people right now, if you do not know God, if you do not have a relationship with God and you want one, just raise your hand where you're at because this is the day that the Father's been waiting for. This is why Jesus died on the cross. He was whipped, beaten and broken because He believed that you were worthy worthy and worthy of everything that He paid for. Every drop of blood that was poured out, every nail that went into Him. He thought you were worthy because He loves you and He wants to have a relationship with you. And if you don't know God in this place and you want to, then I wanna encourage you to put your hand up. I see your hand back there. Let's give her a clap for her boldness. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that wants to say, yeah, we see your hand. If he wants to say, today is the day. I'm not leaving here the same that I came in. And the good news of the Gospel is that all we have to do is repent and believe and God hits reset on your life so that old things have passed away and all things become new and all things are of Him. And because you're gonna be of Him, your life is gonna be changed forever. So is there anyone else? Yeah, we see your hand, well done. Let's give her a clap. Man, it takes boldness. All right, I wanna invite you if you put your hand up and if you have a friend with you, they're welcome to come with you. We wanna invite you guys down the front right now and we wanna pray for you. Would that be all right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Do you use, uh, do you do it corporately or do you use? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we believe God together? These ladies that came in today are leaving different. They're leaving with the Holy Spirit in them. All right. Let's stretch out our hands. you ladies just want to repeat the prayer and everyone can join in in faith. Just say, God, thank You that You sent Your Son. And Jesus, thank You that You died and rose again to remove sin from me and put Your Holy Spirit in me. I repent of my sin today and I run after You. Holy Spirit, I invite You in. Never leave me, never forsake me and father me all the days of my life. Amen. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.